Buddhist meditation can be very generally be divided into two types tranquility meditations and insight meditation yes? very generally tranquility meditation are those meditations that bring about right concentration. Generally it means concentration of an object. To keep the mind one-pointed, still. As a result, the mind becomes very peaceful, very concentrated and very powerful. The second type of meditation is insight meditation, where the mind is trained to observe and experience the nature of reality within ourselves and in the world. <coughs> and observation one brings about realization or insight. This insight is able to transform the mind, to bring it to a state where it is able to be at peace with everything. It brings the mind to the level of understanding the unconditioned, the unchanging truth. So in these two types of meditation, the real Buddhist meditation would come under insight meditation. Tranquility meditations are like uh, used as a preliminary or preparatory or a base for insight. But these are also very powerful disciplines on their own. There are many types of tranquility meditations. One of them is what we did just now, loving-kindness meditation. This loving-kindness meditation generally comes in a group of four types, called the Brahma-viharas. Loving-kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. They are generally positive emotions, attitudes towards living beings. What happens is when one cultivates these qualities in a concentrated manner, they become very powerful. It brings the mind to deep levels of peace, which we call absorptions, or jhanas. And when one is able to get into these absorptions, 
the mind becomes very peaceful, very pure, very happy. And also very useful. Brings about many other benefits. It is one type of meditation that is only second to insight. It brings up all the happiness in the world. So if you practice loving-kindness with insight meditation, you have everything. This is also one type of meditation which I would recommend to everyone to practice. True enough that insight is of paramount importance, but loving-kindness is also a necessity. If you love, one does not love lives in loving in this world without enough loving kindness. It can be terrible. Just having loving kindness now and then is not enough. Sometimes you have to have lots and lots of it. give you one personal experience how I came into this practice of loving-kindness. I became a monk actually through accident. I look upon it more like a profession. <coughs> more like a research. Mind is something interesting, you know? so I went into it, one step left to another. So one day I was medit- trying to meditate. This is in Malaysia. It's very serious. I tried to make use of every minute to meditate. And as you expect, conditions are not always very good. The idea of a utopia for meditation all the time is an illusion. (coughs) So one day I was meditating at a meditation center. There were a lot of these kids around. Because this Buddhist temple, sometimes they're taking all these poor kids and they do all sorts of odd jobs in the temple. So one of these days, one of these was extremely mischievous. So when I was meditating, he put a firecracker near me. <laughs> so he went off and I jumped. So I was very angry. So one day, quietly I went to him, 
and I give you a big slap. <laughs> After that, oh, oh, I think I need meta. <laughs> that was how it started. <coughs> well, I was very English. <laughs> Not an excuse. So, that's how I started loving kindness meditation. When I started doing loving kindness meditation, you know, it kind of changed my whole character. I didn't get into very deep concentration, but I did it. Rather, I actually forced too much. I got into some trouble. I got into some kind of a terrible cough because I tried to you know, force out the emotion, so it turned out to cough, irritant. Anyway, I got rid of that after a while. So I needed more instructions. So I went to Burma. I got the right instructions in Burma. What I tried for myself in an intensive nature in the forest, and compared to what I did in Burma with the proper instructions, in two days was better than that. Two weeks in the forest by myself. So, it makes a difference. <laughs> Having uh, some instructions. One interesting thing that happened to me was, you know, during those times when I was very serious, you, you wouldn't recognize me. I was only skin and bones. They said that the collarbone here is enough to have a reservoir of water. <laughs> you cannot see my eyes, they were too sunken in. <laughs> no, this is actually almost, almost the same even when I wasn't a monk. My weight was seldom over 100 pounds. But after I started doing this loving kindness meditation program, I ate less and I slept less, but flesh started appearing all over the place. I said, How, where did this flesh come out from? And since then, I'm slowly getting the problem, the battle of the bulge. <laughs> when I think back, why is this so? I attribute to the presence of the joy factor. Because once you come to loving-kindness meditation, a lot of joy started arising by itself. Although my mind was very clear and strong with Vipassana, it wasn't so joyful. <laughs> a lot of suffering that I see. <clears throat> so this joy managed to give a lot of balance to the practice. Now to give another example, not my example, to one of my students. <coughs> there was this lady that came, a smart lady. But after one or two retreats, I noticed she was not so normal. Later I knew, found out that she had this, she was actually 
diagnosed as a skixor. Because after one or two days, you can see a completely different person. Even the face changed. A completely different person. The face was all black. Sitting there like that. Not too difficult. We just bring her back and ask her to take her pills. Then she became all right. So we have to put, but she's very insistent on meditating and you know, Asians, difficult to say no. But I put her into loving-kindness meditation. When she goes to loving-kindness meditation, nothing wrong with her. She's completely normal. You know, she could meditate from morning to night. She's quite happy. But she's very intelligent and she knows the importance of Vipassana. So all I have to do is put her on the inside meditation one session a day, not holding, one session a day. After two days, she'll freak out. She'll become like that again. Ah, oh. have to send her back to take up pills. So, we cannot let her do any vipassana. We can only do metta, loving kindness. But after some years, three or four years, she could do vipassana. Take some years before she keeps going in because when she does metta she can go into excess concentration at least. She can go into concentration quite quite alright. And after a couple of years or so more into that meditation, she became normal. She doesn't have to take any pills. She, she, she was a normal person, she could do vipassana, everything. It's amazing. Usually, you know, we don't take such cases because we are not psychologists and psychiatrists and all that thing. But in Asia, you know, the monks are psychotherapists and psychiatrists and marriage counselor and general secretary <laughs> of the United Nations and everything. <laughs> Even if you don't want to, they force it onto you. <laughs> so you can see this you know, the benefits there. And you talk of a normal person who can go into loving kindness meditation and concentration. The life becomes a very happy life. And the meditation practice, including vipassana practice, also becomes a very happy practice. I mean, if you practice there's a happy way and there's a painful way. Why not the happy way? I don't see any reason why. No. <coughs> so when you do some metta meditation, loving kindness meditation, and you do vipassana meditation, it's like you can have the cake and eat it. Now we talk about some of these basics of this loving-kindness meditation. This loving-kindness meditation, as I said, is a kind of tranquility or concentration meditation. There are certain basic things that need to mention. This is the same for all types of meditation. I will just briefly run through them because we're not going to go all into this going more into the actual general practice proper 
the first basic conditions are first, for example, you have a fairly stable or sound moral base. This is generally, we say that the lifestyle. You have a very healthy lifestyle, healthy mentally and physically. It's a base for further development. You have a very questionable lifestyle then, of course, you have a very questionable base for higher development. Not that you can't. It's just that it's not going to be... Because all those questionable things will arise in your mind and start bothering you. Secondly, connected with it is what they call right view. Right view is, just means a general idea that you have a sense of world view, or sense of what life is about. Because the right view is an idea of the nature of life, the nature of who you are, and your whole thoughts and your whole life and thought patterns all revolve around it. You have something, for example, if you're a pure materialist, no. after I die, nothing happens. No. So what do you do? You just do what you get, your best to do get what you want, which is whether you steal or kill, as long as you don't get caught. <laughs> matter. Who cares? After I'm dead, nobody knows. I don't care. So there's a material lifestyle. That type of idea of life will influence your behavior. No. For example, if you have a mom, something more to that, you know, how you behave determines your future and so on, then you behave properly. It's a right view. You won't go on to this. <coughs> oh, I forget. Hope it's around here. Then there are the, what you call this, finding of the right environment, place, people, instructions. These are the basics. Once you have this, then there are certain basic preliminary practices that you undergo. Usually when you start doing loving-kindness meditation, they are advised in a classical manner, in a classical, in a tradition, to reflect on the dangers of anger and benefits of loving-kindness. This is a kind of motivation. If you can really see the the dangers involved with anger, 
and the really advantages of loving kindness, then you would make a strong effort to develop loving kindness. <coughs> Seriously. Usually after a metta retreat, many of them say that I should take metta more seriously. <laughs> Usually we know metta is good and we do it once in a while, but not enough. It doesn't make so much of a difference. <coughs> in a very short contemplation I would say that you try to think of an event which you were very angry think of try to remember the state of mind you are in sometimes not just anger it may be in other forms like fear or depression all these are manifestations of the root of anger like if you have been depressed before, think of the moment how it was when you were really depressed, down and out. When you're having fear and paranoia, how was it? You know? When you were just angry and furious, how is the state of mind? Hmm. If you try to reflect, then you know that there is a terrible mental suffering that goes on in the mind. We try to forget it, but we know that it can still come again. In the suttas they talk of you know, very obvious things. For example, when you're angry, you, you have the, they simulate the example they give. When a person is angry, he would wish somebody, his enemy, May you not sleep a certain wink for the night. May you lie in bed and turn in bed and not sleep. <laughs> and for a person who is that angry, he himself will not be able to sleep. <laughs> or he may wish, no. May you not have any friends. May all your friends run away from you. May you be the most lonely and miserable person in the world. And if a person is angry, all his friends will run away. <laughs> you know? Or he may wish, may you be the most ugly person in the world, the most horrible person in the world. You know? And you know that even a person is the most well dressed out and made up, and if he's angry, he's the most ugly person in the world. You know? And finally, he'll wish, when you die, may you go to hell. <laughs> And you know when your person is angry, the karma is very bad. When you die at the moment, he may go to hell. Uh, he gives you the example in this way. <coughs> and the opposite would be true for loving kindness. Of course, they would take, usually they would give the, you know, the, describe the benefits in terms of the 11 blessings of loving kindness. Huh? You may have heard of it. No? You know, he, sleeps happily, he wakes up happily, he has no dream, bad dreams, you know, and things like that. You know, sleep, sleep is a very important part of human life. You know. People who cannot sleep know what suffering is. <coughs> <coughs> you 
tell you an interesting story you know I hope I'm not losing too much time because this story is interesting once I held this loving kindness retreat in Malaysia we had a place and there were many people and they don't place to sleep so they sleep all over the place the hall in this corner or that corner they roll up our mat that's how we do our retreats <coughs> in Burma sometimes even worse they sleep in the you know, corridors outside the <laughs> they roll the mat and sleep outside <coughs> so that day we were doing this loving kind of meditation and chanting and everything and after that, I was telling them this benefits of living kindness. And at night, they slept. Everybody slept very well. They slept so well that everybody has the alarm clock to wake up at that time. But nobody woke up. Nobody had any alarm clock. <laughs> That's how well they sleep. <laughs> Too well. Sometimes I do loving-kindness meditation. I don't know about other things, but I sleep very well. So, because sometimes I go to hospital and there are these sick patients with cancer, or with renal failure and all those. So one day I went to this place and I did chanting, I did metta. And the person who usually doesn't sleep slept well. But interesting thing was the neighbor started commenting. Say, oh, your monk is very good. Because my mother couldn't sleep. After that, my mother could sleep very well. <laughs> so so the, the effect went to the other side as well. <coughs> then the other benefits, huh? for example, they are involved with relationships. Here, not just with humans, but also non-humans, that's it. Human, loved by humans, loved by non-humans, devas, guard him, you know, including another benefit which fire, poison and weapons don't come near him. You know. It's a good human relationship and it is called a protective meditation. Generally any relationship turns sour because of anger, hatred. You know. This is like somebody once said, no? how do you keep a friend? The answer is, don't be too close. <laughs> don't come too close. <coughs> but this also means that the friendship is not so strong. <laughs> Generally, when your relationship becomes more closer, then there's more friction. There's a, there's a Chinese saying, even the teeth bite the tongue sometimes. <laughs> so in those occasions, this where the test is, when you have loving kindness strong enough, then it becomes deeper. Otherwise, you know, in the times of crisis, they break. Oh. 
And you know, the more the people, the more loving kindness is needed. You know? Especially in this world where there's the information technology, globalization, global relations. I think one anger will spread to the other side of the world, like one virus will spread to the other side. <laughs> so easily. Oh. So this is when the world it needs even more strong loving kindness. And you need somebody you know, to be very strong. It makes a difference. You know? And there's nobody so strong, then society breaks apart. So besides this, you know, like being protective, and then also the other important thing is, it just helps in the. And it, it is it protects one. The, the one of the benefits is this. It is very <coughs> makes your complexion clear. I take the hint that it means health as well. Mm-hmm. Generally, loving kindness is a kind of healing practice because it's a force that brings about healing. It brings about, you know. And I do notice that it actually helps things like pain. Mm-hmm. For example. In the re- one of the re- retreats we had, you know, usually at the end of metta retreat, we have a metta circle. After one week or ten days practice of loving kindness from morning to night, generally everybody's loving kindness is very well developed. And so we see somebody that needs more metta, we put him or her in the center. Yeah. Uh, and for example, there was one lady, she had just had some kind of operation, spinal. And she couldn't, she came to do metta, but she couldn't because the pain was there all the time. So she did vipassana. So towards the end, we put her in the center. You know? You know, she takes painkillers, but it doesn't work. So with one session of loving kindness for the group, for her, the pain was gone. You know, it's incredible. You know? It doesn't, doesn't make sense scientifically, <laughs> but, but, but it works. <coughs> Things like that shows that there's like some kind of healing force. You know, we don't think of such strong miracles as yet, like cancer being cured and so on. No, but it is possible, depending, we say, on your weight of your karma, weight of your you know, past actions, your karma. You know. And thirdly, the other benefits include you know, ease in meditation. Because loving kindness, because anger is one of the things that is most disruptive for concentration. You just need a little speck of anger and you can forget about concentration. Like one of one of, a, of a yogis, one of the meditators in Malaysia, he's an old man, but he's a lot of anger, angry old man. <laughs> He says, was sitting meditation. And, you know, when there's a large group of people in Malaysia, hot countries, you have a fan going on. You know? Some want the fan and some don't. They always. So someone switched off the set, fan. Then he says, why switch off the fan? Ah, then he said he couldn't meditate anymore. Said, why? The question, why? So I just forget about <laughs> Then another interesting story regarding him was, he was sitting in meditation and he was very mindful. Then somebody was doing walking meditation beside him. He was wearing slippers 
and she was dragging. But he said he was very mindful and so he didn't get angry. But when he woke up, he went to her and told her, Next time, can you please walk quietly and don't drag your slippers? You know what she told him? Your meditation is not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and he got angry and said, I meditate for some time. <laughs> I mean, she's also correct in some way. <laughs> So coming back to our topic, so this, especially for those with a lot of anger temperament, or even those with a lack of joy, joy is one of the very important factors in concentration. So when you have that, naturally you're very happy, naturally very peaceful, you don't think too much. Then when you just watch anything, rising, falling, breath in, out, or even the pain will be much less and more bearable. And so the concentration goes in very easily and much deeper. So there are many, many, many advantages that come. You know, even when you go back to daily life, people say that even the business is better. Understandable, no? Before that, you, everybody comes having a sour face. But when you're sitting there and doing metta, loving kindness, you're smiling. Yeah, of course people come, no? <laughs> And your business even becomes better. <coughs> but then strange things happen. For example, people who, after loving kindness meditation, they go back. They get many phone calls. People they haven't heard before, they just keep coming because the connection somewhere in the mind has opened up. <coughs> And we don't have much time. <laughs> Come back to our meditation. So when you have this recollection of how important loving kindness, what changes you can do to your life, it naturally not only motivates it, but even by thinking of the benefits, loving kindness comes. Sometimes people traditionally they just recite the blessings of the loving kindness. They just recite it, open Pali, or you can do it in English. Up and down. It produces some concentration. It encourages the loving kindness to flow out, and so loving kindness flows out. Yeah. Then the third condition that comes in is, you know, you say giving loving kindness to oneself, which means making oneself happy. Now this just becomes a bit strange. I don't know about here, but in Australia and Europe, it happens. When I went to Australia, he says that some monks couldn't understand why these people cannot give loving kindness to themselves. In Asia, there's no problem. They take it for granted. Give love to myself, okay. I'm happy, you know. <laughs> but there seems to be some obstacle when I went to Europe and Australia and asked them why. No? So they tell me, maybe this, maybe that. No? One of the reasons they say is that from young they were told they were not good enough. You know? No matter how hard they do, the, the parents or the teachers say, you are not good enough, you must try harder. So that has something that went into their, into their mind. Probably that's one of the reasons. 
Another possibility to tell me is something to do with the original sin. <laughs> something like that. I don't know how much that that has to do with it, but I don't know. Somebody told me, some people. And the third reason some of them gave me is they feel that it's selfish giving to themselves, but giving to the, so it's easier for them to give to others. Now all these three reasons are not justified. No? The first reason, not good enough. In meditation, everybody is good enough. <laughs> it's not a competition, it's not anything, it's something that you can do to yourself. Everybody is good enough. Secondly, in terms of original sin, I think, in the Buddhist there's also something close to it, you know. Like the suffering comes from craving, and this is present in everyone. You know, there's something to something of that nature. But you don't see only the bad side, you see also the good side. You know? So human beings are born as a result of good karma, they have great potential. You know? So yes, also you must see the good side. Thirdly is giving loving kindness to oneself is not selfish. Giving loving kindness to oneself means trying to be unselfish. <laughs> Which means that bringing more peace and mindfulness to oneself, keeping the mind more clear, so that not only it benefits oneself, but also there's the best way to benefit another. You say that you cannot really help another person spiritually unless you yourself is well grounded. Like if a person says, do not do what your father does, just do what your father tells you to do. Something like that. That's what I'm saying. So, so you do not do what I do, but do what I tell you to do. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Not very convincing. So if you have this understanding in mind, it shouldn't be a problem to give loving kindness to yourself. One way of giving loving kindness to oneself is to basically clearing one's mind, practicing mindfulness. Personally, I think that loving kindness to vipassana is loving kindness to oneself. That's why after a person who practices vipassana insight for some time, his mind becomes clear, he knows where he, where he stands, what he should do in life. Then he becomes happy. And when he's happy, because he knows that he has something spiritual, then it's easier for him to have loving kindness to others. Because what is important is his spiritual wealth. Yes? Otherwise, if you're so confused and you're so in sickness and pain, that may you be well and happy. It doesn't work very well because you're already so miserable. <coughs> Besides, loving kindness to oneself is a way of healing oneself. You know, you're able to suffuse mindfulness and the pure clarity and the force into your mind and body. It heals your body and mind. You know, that's why there's this, what you call this, in Dharma therapy, this is the healing through insight meditation, where the mind becomes one with the 
truth or reality and the mind is very clear and peaceful, it undergoes a healing process. Hmm? Where even deep illnesses have, have, can, can happen. And I personally, I know also some cancer remission, remissions have happened through the meditation. Cancer just disappears. So when that is done, then it is easier to start giving to somebody. Now this loving-kindness meditation, there are two forms. One form is to bring, primarily to bring in deep concentration, called the, the bring in jhanas, absorptions, where you practice deep concentrated loving-kindness. The second type is more general, where you start spreading to everyone, everything, everywhere, you know, things like that. It's a more general practice. The first type brings you to absorptions. The second type brings you at most, for most people, only to excess, near absorption. It's a slightly lower concentration, but it's not that low. It can be quite strong. People can sit in excess for hours and days, but comparatively in terms of depth. So in the case of the second type, there are many ways to do it. You can do it any way you want. Usually people start to this person for five minutes, this person for five minutes, this person for five minutes. And some person say, oh, I can, no problem doing loving kindness. I got so many people I can do too. So each one five minutes, ten minutes is already how many? One, two hours. No? But the second type is you do it only to one person. Because when you do to one person, all the energies concentrate to one person. That's what you do in Metta retreats. You do it in a more concentrated manner. From morning to night, for one week, you do to one person. So in such cases, you need to choose the right person. <laughs> Otherwise you can get angry. I'm sick of you. You better go somewhere else. <laughs> so if you want to do that you have to choose carefully one person no? if you're not doing that you can take a few <laughs> share around <laughs> so the instructions you get is you have to choose the right person it should not be someone that is very, you say there are six type of people, you know. First is the, you shouldn't, definitely shouldn't do to the hostile person. You know, because when you think of the hostile person, anger arises. <laughs> then the repulsive person, is not hostile towards you, but you just don't like him. Because maybe because you don't like people, with beards, or you don't like people without hair, or even people, people with too big a mouth, or, you know. <laughs> Nothing really bad about them, but there's some prejudices somewhere. And so you don't use that either. No. Also, it is, sometimes it brings up anger. The another type is the one that is, like for, how many people? Five or? 
The other one you don't you, you don't do is the what, the neutral person. Neutral is you no, know, it's somebody around, but you don't have much feelings for. So it's no different from a tree or a bus. <laughs> you have to work hard to bring about a feelings. <laughs> then the other one also not recommended is the too intimate. When you're too intimate, you get instead of loving kindness, you have attachments coming in, you know, clinging, grasping. I want you belong to me. <laughs> that doesn't work. The one that works is the lovable person, you know, the dear person, generally a benefactor, you know, somebody you, you know and is with loving kindness you know, and must help you and has virtues you know, that you can reflect on. So that when you reflect on the virtues or what the person has done for you, helped you, you're just reflecting on this gives trust to loving kindness. Better with somebody who is also not recommended for some who is dead, you know, because the object is not very strong. Because you give to somebody who is dead, there's always some doubt. What is the person now? Where is he now? You know? <laughs> not that you cannot give, but the mind cannot go into very st- strong concentration. The other person not recommended is the opposite gender. You know, and you know why. <laughs> Not that you can't. So somebody comes and asks me, why can't I give to my mother? You know. You see, what happens is the original instructions were given to monks. You know, your monk take a lady for object and think about her a whole day. You know, it's not very nice. <laughs> but generally, you say a person who is without. You think and there's no craving arises. I think it should be alright. I'm going against tradition, but I think it should be alright. Take for example, somebody asked me, told me, I'm a homosexual. Do I give somebody of my same sex? <laughs> you know? So I said, well, as long as you don't have craving, it's alright. <laughs> because that's the principle. So, then, and some people don't have anybody to give to, you know, it's a bit sad. So, so I said, who do you give to? I give to my dog. Mm-hmm. It still works, you know. <laughs> you can still come up with quite strong concentration. But personally, I feel that finding a suitable object is important, a strong object, because that becomes a source of loving kindness. Some people don't have a bit few equal, equal. (laughs) So you don't know which one to choose. You have to be determined to choose one. So when you have chosen one, you try to stick with that one to develop concentrated loving kindness. Don't switch around too often. In daily life, you know, you may switch on one to two, but in one sitting, you try to stay with one. And when the take some time for the, concent- the loving kindness and the concentration to come out, and so when it comes out, then you, know, you can see the the moment you think of the person, loving kindness comes out. 
and then when the concentration is very strong, you go into the other people. Hmm? Traditionally, they go to the different absorptions before you go to the next person. But in the general manner, you reach up to excess of a level of concentration which is fairly, you feel is fairly strong, you can start switching to other people. <coughs> the important thing of this loving kindness is to produce a continuous flow of this feeling. The words are not important. The words are uh, expedient. Sometimes we need to be reminded, and so we use. But sometimes the people are so concerned with the words that it becomes like a mantra. <laughs> so they just recite the words, but there's no feelings inside. No? It's just lip service. May you be happy, may you be happy, may you be happy, but your mind is not mindful, your mind is just repeating the words. Although it does produce some kind of concentration. One of my friends was doing loving kindness meditation. He says, he can see the person and he concentrate on the person, but there's no loving kindness. He says, I'm not doing meta meditation. I'm doing individual meditation. Meditation on individual <laughs> concentration. <coughs> so the important thing is the flow of the loving kindness that comes up. No? So. Once the flow starts coming out, sometimes you know, it skips to other people. If you're giving to this person, then suddenly this person comes out, and suddenly that person comes out. It doesn't matter, once you know it, you bring it back to the original person. What generally happens is, you know, there's a rousing of loving kindness, you think of the person, then it, the, flowing, the flow goes on, and then it stops. And you start again. Hmm? You think of the person again and he flows, he stops. And you start again. Hmm? Just to keep the flow going. Now, once the, we also use the words, you know, the traditionally the four aspirations, may you be safe, may you be at peace, may you be healthy, may you be happy, to keep the flow going. Because these wishes are specifically loving kindness wishes. If you say it, you must mean it. No? And then the loving kindness comes up. But after a point, you don't say it anymore. The feeling just goes on. All you have to do is just to keep the person in mind. And then it just goes. You can forget about everything. Then you are very happy. And it brings about all the benefits of the loving kindness. Then you can start to do it in other people. Then you can start to do it in groups. And then many miracles happen. Happy things. I think we'll stop here tonight. Any questions?